welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, May 29th. This is episode 168. I am Tony. I'm Dennis. And oh gosh, we have a number of things. We do. We can skip all we can skip most of them if we want. We can just sit down and talk about movies, TV. Yeah. Hopes, dreams. I haven't seen anything recently other than <laughs> the Doctor Strange. That's the only thing I've seen. And, and I've seen the Obi-Wan show, but you haven't seen it yet. I haven't yet. seen it yet. So I, we can't. We, I was watching. We were, Really? Stranger Things. And I don't watch Stranger Things, so we really have nothing to talk about. So outside I of guess we'll talk about pinball and video games. Well, what have you been playing lately? Actually, Hard Space Shipbreaker, which I've spoken about multiple times, uh, has come out of early access. Uh, it is now at a 1.0 release. Um, they added a bunch of stuff for the final release. I haven't actually played it since um, last year. Uh, late last year because they announced they were on their final final push to full release where they started mm-hmm. adding the story, the actual story events. Because before that, when I was playing in early access, it was just the ba- the basic mechanics of the game. So I stopped playing because I didn't want to play it again until the whole story and all of that stuff was added in. And now that that's all in, I've been replaying that um, pretty much all week. And I still have been playing Nova Drift off and on. That's that roguelike uh, little shooter game that I've been enjoying. Uh, other than that, I am deep into my... Okay, deep's a, deep's a lie. I have begun a complete re-go-through of the Tom Clancy Jack Ryan series of books. How many are those? How many books are there in that series? <sighs> I don't know where it ended up before he died. I know they're still technically going on under another author. Kevin J. Anderson. It's not Kevin J. Anderson. <laughs> I'll never forgive for Kevin J. Anderson for what he did to Dune. Yeah. No, that was that was rough. That was rough. But uh yeah, no, it's a uh, uh I'm on Patriot Games. I I'm not doing them in if I was if I was reading them all in like chronological order, I would have wanted. I would have done without remorse first because it's set during Vietnam, and then Red Rabbit, and then Patriot Games, and then Hunt for Red October. I'm actually reading them in release order. So I did Hunt for Red October first. Now I'm on Patriot Games, and I'll follow that up with Cardinal of the Kremlin, uh, and that's all I've put together so far. Okay, uh, so it's been. It's fun. I haven't read them since early 2000s. Sometime I I haven't read a Clancy book except for Red Storm Rising since Clancy died. So, and I haven't read the Jack Ryan series since long before that. So, I remember the last couple ones I'd read was Rainbow Six and Without Remorse. And I've reread Red Storm Rising several times, which is its own whole standalone thing. But I haven't reread any of the Jack Ryan series. Like I'm in the middle of Patriot Games, and I don't remember ninety percent of it because I haven't read Patriot Games since like the nineties. Mm. Okay. Well, that's quite a project. Yeah. I have no project. I uh, I was playing a video game called Aground, and it got too weird. So I I think I'm done with Aground, and I it moved. Got too I moved weird. On. Well, it started as a like resource management, building a like shipwrecked style thing, and then the aliens came. Mm, I yeah. think so. It's gotten weird. It got and weird. I did a whole tried to do a whole bunch of stuff, and I did I didn't save in a long time, and then I I 
made mistakes and <laughs> I couldn't get back to my vehicle. And I was like, I don't think I want to go back and remine and play all of this. So now I'm playing something called Celeste, which is a platformer. I, you know, the rumors were it wasn't that bad of a platformer. I don't know where those rumors come from, but it's bad. Like, all right. So I'm now in chapter four. I started it yesterday. Uh, chapter one was just a sort of introductory thing. Mm-hmm. Chapter two, I died 100 times, exactly 100 times. Chapter three, I died, I think 296 was the final count. I may be too old to play platformer like this. I I'm gave not up sure. platformers I'm not sure. a while ago. I tell myself I give them up, but I, I inevitably, this was something that was one of those games with gold that I just had in the system for a while. And I'm at the point right now where I'm like, uh, I think I just want to play something weird and different. What do I have downloaded from the free stuff? And I was like, Celeste, that sounds gentle and kind. No. It was full of lies. I have been, I haven't really mentioned it because I haven't played a whole lot of it, but I played off and on a few weeks ago a game called Ascend. I've heard of it. Which is a procedurally generated mountain climbing kind of groundhog day Mm. thing. It's interesting. You might like it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so hit or miss on procedurally generated items. Yeah, well, this is just like the mountain is procedurally generated. Ah, okay. So so the mountain that you're climbing is, it is otherwise it's a, uh, uh, like as you're doing your climbing and stuff, it's very much kind of almost a, uh, like an XCOM-y, like isometric where you choose oh, your path, where you, like, you choose your path. But it's like first person, but you choose your path. And you, so it's like, oh, I want to go there. And you click it and it generates a path. And you, you, you actually set to like in an isometric and generate the path you want to go mm. based upon oh, that does how much sound energy interesting. you have, huh. how cold you are, how bad you're, how badly your oxygen is depleted. But it's kind of a Groundhog's Day-esque thing where you go through it and there's some, you're you're like on a strange island and there's some weird stuff going on and you're basically trapped. Hmm. Like you hit a certain point and if you can't get to a certain place by a certain point, uh, like time resets and you start over. Okay. Huh. Interesting. So you're, tra- you're trying to learn what's happening and what's going on and get to the exits and get to the right place so that when the... When the time re and have the and there's like an item and all that. If you're at the right place with this item, when the time resets, everything resets, but you remember everything and you're putting it. And there's a safe place. There's like a safe base that's protected. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I've not played anything quite like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, I, I I was playing it just a little bit, and then Hard Space came out, and, and, and I you love Hard Space. I so. love Hard Space. So. so that's understandable. Yeah. Well, you know what else you love. You love when we go into the pinball segment. I love Because that means the show is really underway. We're underway. We're out of the we, stuff we that nobody a actually last cares week. about. We did play in a tournament last week. It was a sparsely week. attended tournament, and I still couldn't get my $5 back. It was, was a sparsely was attended one, tournament. I was one win away and, from and getting my money back. The, the, the month previous, I was the first person eliminated in this month. I was the second person eliminated. You're improving. It's so what you're saying. Improvement going improvement. on. You it adapted. Was, you're like the Borg <laughs> of pinball. I am. It, it did not go very well for me. And it's not, it's one of those where I didn't feel like I was playing bad. I just was, I'm, several of them were very there close. There are a bunch of killers is what happened. Yeah. Everyone who showed up were killers. Yeah. I was and like they, just being just assassinated. Yes. Just, 
Yeah, it happened. I mean, I don't know. Well, it's a strike tournament. and Yeah, so you're like, okay, well, I want to try generally. And, well, even in the, you know, it's best out. You've got three or four teams, so you're trying to get second place, essentially, mm-hmm. or better. So, but. I had a lot of ones where it was like, well, I was in second place until player three passed me by 500 points or mm-hmm. player four passed me by 500 points. Or I was player four, and it's like, oh, I, 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 I'm 450 points out of second place again. Just crap. So, well, what isn't crap, Tony, is Dutch Pinball. We haven't talked about them in quite a while. No, we're going to have Nap Arcade referenced a couple times here, but actually, most of these pinball items are covered in some capacity on Nap Arcade, so folks can go and check those out. Uh, in this case, I do have a show notes link though, and that is apparently Dutch pinball seems to have stabilized in the production of Big Lebowski's. They had a number of cabinets already put together in some photos. I've heard they've been giving factory tours. So after years and years and years and years and years, and then of course the pandemic and all the disruption with that, it sounds like they're continuing at a pretty steady clip now to build Big Lebowski's for new buyers, and I have read that, yes, they are continuing to send early adopters their games. That I'm amazed. I, I, I've, I've, I've said multiple times that I assumed they were DOA, that they were dead, and I, the best they could do was be to fulfill uh, their people sure. and then walk. I haven't, uh, you know, I was pretty public about the my thoughts that they should have declared bankruptcy and given people back portions of their money. Um, and I'm not, I'm not bending on that. No, no, I still think that's the right answer. I I think at some point the, the value of the, of dollar and how long you've waited to get this. Anyway, it doesn't matter what I think. Right. The the point is, this is the way they've chosen to go about it. Uh, it seems to be going well. I don't, do you think people ever trust them for a game? Number two, I do a hundred percent. This is pinball. They trust anybody. Pinball. They'll, they'll, they, they don't care. You can punch them in the face and then tell them you're going to make a new pinball game, steal their wallet and, 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 and you know, their wife, and they will still love you and buy pinball from okay. you. I think they shouldn't, uh, but I've, it's been proven to me time and time and time again that I have the wrong mentality when it comes to that kind of thing in pinball. 100%. They're all about it. Okay. I mean, it is, I, there's no I, doubt I, in my mind. I can't really dispute it. I, I want to tell myself that they would be put off by the slow production speeds, but I do think that there's a lot of goldfish memory in this hobby. And they'll just look at this report where, hey, they're going in a decent clip now. Guess they figured everything out. Yeah. Don't know how that translates to figuring everything out for a game number two. And they have not announced a game number two yet, but I will say it has been indicated they do have intentions of doing more than Big Lebowski. I still think they have quite a ways to go to catch up all the EAs, but, but Hey, they could always do a game number two and start selling those. And then for every four game number twos, they send a big Lebowski on to, I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know. It's, but no, I am a hundred percent convinced there is, there is not. If deep root pinball came back, people would buy machines. hundred uh, percent. That's what I've realized of this hobby is. Well, uh, speaking of positive 
Awesome. I don't have a good transition with this stuff. Speaking of, though, playing off of the Dutch pinball fact that their production seems stabilized and going well, let's talk about Multimorphic. So they've released some more news about their Weird Al pinball game. And that is uh, part of that is more code updates. I got another show notes link also to Nap Arcade about this, but they've uh, indicated they've got a mini wizard mode now. They've made some improvements to one of the multiballs, the UHF multiball. And also, I'd noted that at this point, the game has over 2,500 Weird Al callouts. That's a lot. Of call- that's a lot. Yeah, of call-outs. It, it seems like a lot to me. Um, like Dutch Pinball, on the supply side, at least, Multimorphic has indicated they've got stockpiled parts. Like, they got plenty of parts to build Weird Al's. They do have an issue, though, and that is they don't have enough people to put together all the games at the rate they want to produce games for the number of orders that they have. Uh, they have indicated that they're about two weeks behind the on the shipping schedule versus what they initially had announced their their goal would be mm-hmm. because of the employment issues, which that's not particularly no, far yeah. behind given where we've been at with production broadly ever since 2020, really. Right. So it sounds like they're overall in a pretty good place. I've never looked up exactly where they are in Texas to wonder if they have a... Like, do they have a logistical challenge with bringing in people or not? I've never gotten that impression. I, I bring it up because Spooky. Spooky's right. out, like, in the middle of nowhere. So when they mention having, you know, issues with staff, I always think, well, that's because you located a factory not in the heart of any industrial capability whatsoever. Uh, so that's a that's a challenge that they'll always have as long as they stay out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, so... And this, and I remember a few weeks ago seeing ads online from Multimorphic uh, trying to hire people. So they're trying to fill the void to right. But then, do you, all this. then you have training and quality control yeah, yeah, and yeah. all the other stuff that will take time to get settled. Mm-hmm. So that that that's all to be expected, though. None of this is anything unexpected. No, I don't think this is very surprising. So let's move to a topic you mentioned back in Dutch pinball, deep root pinball. That's my breaking news. No, this is breaking news. This is bro. All right. It's not exactly breaking news, but it's quasi breaking news. All right. Deep Root Pinball's website. It's it's up. There's a message there now. It's like got a Deep Root logo. And then I saw a screenshot of this on Pinside. And someone on the page it just lists a code. It's hex code. And someone on Pinside went in and translated the hex code. And the hex code says, check back soon for something interesting. Now, so you know, and for those that don't, because we're not doing this on video, Tony is, he's basically doing the facepalm almost of, of Captain Picard, basically. So the discussion has been Chris Turner of Turner Logic which is the IT company that had been working with Deep Root during their attempt to launch Raza and everything else they were trying to produce, maybe planning to do something with the intellectual property. Turner Logic won a number of the auction bids on a lot of the stuff that relates. Like I, th- I think, and I, again, I am not going back and confirming this, so bear in mind I may be incorrect on this, but I believe Turner Logic is who secured the Raza prototype cabinets. There's been a lot of talk that they have the software already because the games, when they were listed for auction, were noted as not having the software to run, I believe. And I believe they secured the IPs. So here's the discussion, Tony. (laughs) 
do you, and you just came off of this discussion about people will buy whatever, you know, people, they don't care about punches to the face. Do you think Turner Logic is trying to basically resurrect Deep Root Pinball or just resurrect the Raza project or just make functional Razas from the prototypes they have and sell them? And if it's the former two options and not the last, because the last would be just a couple one-offs, do you think people buy them? What are your thoughts, Tony? Share with us. Share with the listeners. I think the only thing that makes sense if they dumped a bunch of money into it is that they are going to try and make at least a Raza run. If not trying to resurrect an entire or create a new company using the what's already completed and whatever else they could get as basically seed to set up and get them rolling faster. Okay. So let's, let's move forward with the, uh, I agree with you. I think that they're trying to build games or have games built. That's that, that leads into my next story. Okay. So this is an IT company. Are they going to try and make a manufacturing line? Are they going to contract this out? The build. Because they wouldn't have the capabilities from the get-go to do it. I would think that they would try to contract it out. But it's possible that if they've already dumped money, that they could be dumping money into picking up a small manufacturing location to do that type of work. Hmm. But I would think it'd be something you'd put out. You'd have built. I mean, if I were them and I were buying this stuff, I would definitely try and contract it. I don't know who you turn to. The 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 right answer would be an existing pinball manufacturer, but they're all so busy. I just don't like who would pick it up. Oh, who would do it? Spooky? They're still in the midst of Halloween Ultraman runs. Does an American have an open line currently? They might. That's a good point. Because they've they've indicated a desire to continue to do con- contract manufacturing. And I'm hearing reports, this is not a rumor corner report, but I'm gonna I'll throw it out here. That um Legends of Valhalla is not selling well. So the likelihood, the speculation is it's very unlikely that Legends of Valhalla will end up having a standard edition run because they're struggling to sell the deluxes. So if they're not ready to even launch Nordman's game, because right. Dennis Nordman, I believe, is next up, is the thought. I mean, they got all sorts of stuff. Like they, Dennis Nordman's working on multiple games for American. They've indicated, they being American pinball, that they're going to be producing a Barry Osler game at some point because he had basically finished a Whitewood for them before he passed away. But if the line's slow or they've got that spare line, which I think you're right, I think they indicate they had a line to do smaller runs. Right. That I believe they've got one that that's in the process of like doing final original editions of Oktoberfest, Houdini, and Hot Wheels. So that could always also do it too. So, okay, that would be a potential yeah, one. Because I would think, and this is just me thinking, I would think even if they wanted to start something else, their best bet would be to do a contract run of the Razas, get them out, get them sold. Because people will buy it because this is pinball. Um. Get get them out there, get them sold, get it uh, basically a nest egg of money formed up to work on another game and look into putting their own lines together, but using contracts to keep things going. So they're actually actively making money 
mm. while they're doing spin up. I mean, uh, that's interesting. I, I could see it one of a couple of ways. I mean, if they've got multiple IPs from Deeper, like if they bought them all, that would give them a few Whitewoods they could. Right. The thing is, lot to my knowledge, Turner Logic has not brought on any designers. So any a lot of those stuff, at least judging from the photos we saw, most of those games, aside from Raza, weren't done. So like no software at all, I'm assuming, on any of them, basically. And most of them didn't even look like they got past the Whitewood stage. So could Turner have looked at this and gone, there's definitely money on the table. All the development's done on Raza. Let's well, just turn that out, and then I'll go back to being an IT company afterwards. Well, that brings up the thought, how much money did Deep Root owe them? Is them spending a little bit more to get this, to push it out and finish it, just to make up the money that they were probably owed from Deep Root's failure? Uh, I mean, I could see that, but one of about as sort of related but unrelated, I believe, and again, I should go back and confirm, but we're recording, I'm not pausing. Um, I believe Turner Logic got permission to buy Deep Root's life insurance policies. The ones that hadn't lapsed, the ones they were supposed to be investing in. Because if I remember correctly from the like Blueberry Johnson posts on Pinside right. and such was there was a lot of discussion about oh there was like a something about stocking horses and stuff but that Turner put in a proposal to buy those policies pennies on the dollar and there was some discussion in the court on that did Turner have inside knowledge about like did they know the value of those and so they really low bid them so that they'll most likely make a lot of money on the life insurance policies and i and the court still let them buy it because i believe the the ultimate uh scenario that arose was there's no one else trying to buy them right now and in the bankruptcy of all the deep root stuff or in the liquidation of all the deep root stuff we need to get ca- cash to pay creditors so let's sell turner the stuff cuz they're offering some significant money yeah but again an it company buying life insurance policies it's weird like like i don't think microsoft goes around doing that a lot maybe they do i don't know i haven't really looked at microsoft that's pure speculation this is all alleged but so my point just relating to what you've brought up is there seem to be simpler ways that turner logic has already employed to possibly make back the money they are owed from deep root pinball assuming that they weren't kept up to date on all of their payments. I had heard through that Pennside thread, the reports were Turner logic. The reason why there was no software on those, on those games is the software was held by Turner logic until they got paid. Turner logic might control the software without having to win. Like they don't right. have to buy it from deeper. Deeper they didn't pay it. them. It's like, it's ours now. Yeah. I mean, Wouldn't that make sense? Again, it's getting beyond what I under, you know, I've not so, delved into this to that degree. What experienced developers are not currently on contract with somebody? To my And no- not retired. Right, right. To my knowledge, and again, I, you know, who knows for sure. Uh, out of the Deep Root stable, I don't believe John Norris has been picked up by anyone. So he would be a possibility. John Papaduke hasn't been picked up by anyone, so he would be a possibility. And if you wanted to get outside of who Deep Root had, I've heard Joe Balser is available now, too. That like he went over to Homepin, and then he that didn't even last a year. Right. Like, he worked on Spinal Tap, and then he's gone. So, if Balser's not retired, 
Balser could be an option. So those are three that come to mind. And they're all veterans. They all have significant pinball experience. And then uh, there and then and there's a slew of homebrewers who mm-hmm. have put out high enough quality games that somebody could talk to I mean, them potentially. I mean, if your focus is on Raza, Papa Duke, it's his game. Right. But but there's also a sense that he doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to anything beyond whimsical design, like manufacturing and, and engineering and stuff. That's not his right. forte. So if the layout's done, what would he bring to the table? In my personal opinion, he brings nothing. Like, I don't see why John Papaduke should be employed in this industry anymore. I don't think he offers anything meaningful. Yeah, no, I agree with you on uh, that. So, so if you wanted someone who, like, if your goal was in-house, but again, if you're contract manufacturing, how much do you, like, John Norris, given his time with Premier and all the stuff they had, like, their people wore so many hats. He would understand, in my view, he would really understand production and manufacturing, even though he's on paper a designer. He worked on so much stuff. But if you're not in-housing the production, why would you turn to him? Right. So... If they wanted to move on and and start coming up with their own designs, he would be an obvious one to approach. Uh, I think that my guess would be their decision on that, if they're contemplating it, will come down to how well does Raza end up selling. Because we have to remember, Raza was kind of a turd. To a, a lot of people who played the prototypes right. did not have highly favorable things to say about it. I actually can only think of one person I ever heard in quote-unquote pinball media who had positive things to say about Raza. And so that's not that glowing. It's not. Yeah. So, and again, while pinball people may, there are pinball people who will buy just about anything, you know, it's like, if they go to American pinball, I'm assuming American pinball will say, all right, how many do you want? You're going to prepay us and we're going to give you like, how many does Turner logic order hundred? How much money do they want to front and then try and and push games out? Especially if they're not going to promise they won't make more. Like, if you knew it was limited to 100, you can get a lot of decent money on it. That might be the smart way to do it. Yeah. But if your plan is, no, I want to sell as many as possible, you get 100 up front, but you're going to say, well, there's no real limit. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Because while pinball is still crazy, in the words of Dialed In, about what's going on with the pricing, it's not like it was a year ago where, like, like Halloweens and Ultramans are selling for less used than they go for new. Right. Like san- sanity is coming up again, especially with games that don't play well. I don't know. I've had discussions that Halloween is the greatest game ever built. Everyone's got their own stance. I'm, I'm not going to try and convince anyone otherwise. I'll be clear that I don't think it is. Uh, but my my point is, the market tells us it's not. It doesn't matter what my thoughts are. It sells for less use than it does new. Now, in the normal order of things, LEs aside, that should be true for everything. That should be true for everything, yeah. But Definitely. that it's true when it's not happening for other games right now tells you how unpopular it is. If Raza, though, plays worse than Halloween, and you've got an infinite supply, or uh, what? Halloween was 1,500 units. So let's say you had 1,000 Razas, but it's a worse game in every way. How many do you sell before word starts to get out? This game is a turd. You know, Carlo D'Angelo gets a Raza and then he sells it after 15 plays on it. You know, half the time, half the number he did for Halloween. The, you know, that stuff gets around and then people who are into playing aren't going to want that game. So I don't know. Anyway, it's interesting, but 
but that's just some of the news. Um, speaking of spooky pinball, uh, they have added wizard modes to Halloween and Ultraman. Yay. I put on my wizard hat. <laughs> I'm a ma- I can't match a missile. <laughs> Are there any girls there? <laughs> I cast magic missile on the darkness. <laughs> I attack the darkness. <laughs> okay. Well, it's that time. It's time for. <laughs> it's time for Rumor Corner. All right. Well, thank. That's our new rumor corner song. So thanks to Glenn W. You know, I don't know how to say his last name. It's it looks like Weichter, Weichter, but maybe it's German. Weichter, Glenn Weichter, Glenn, Glenn. We thank you. We say thank you from yes. Germany. But I when, when I first heard the song, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> the little, little Nap Arcade reference. Like Glenn only knew how much Jason and I exchange messages <laughs> on on what we're hearing and stuff. And all my my links in the show notes to on to Nap Arcade. Nap Arcade's my my go-to on like anything I don't follow as a Penzite thread. It's like, what's Nap Arcade have on these companies? But Yes, Tony laughed quite a bit when he heard it. So thank you for the hit Rumor Corner song. And actually, when I was having an online conversation with Glenn after he sent that, uh, you know, he had noted that the reports are, the rumors are that Rumor Corner is the most popular pinball segment in all of pinball podcasting, eclipsing pinball market trends on the pinball show. No, I didn't need somebody to tell me that it was better than pinball market trends. You don't even listen to that show. Well, that's true. (laughs) To to Zach's chagrin. We just did our episode 100, and we did it on video, which was very exhausting. You had to put the makeup on. You had to do your hair. I had to get out my lights. I had to get all pretty. I was just like, I normally record. I normally get up, plug in my stuff, read the show notes, and sit in total darkness and record. And now you had to have lights and get out your schoolgirl outfit and do all the proper stuff to make it a proper episode 100 to do thankfully it's done now (laughs) but what isn't done is rumor corner so we're in the rumor corner so let me give the real rumor that wasn't the rumor the real rumor okay that's truth that was just unvarnished truth there's no rumor there (laughs) you'll just have to tune in and see so here's the rumor george gomez head of the design teams at stern pinball the reports are he is doing James Bond. To enhance this rumor, purportedly, this was the game Steve Ritchie was assigned to work on after Led Zeppelin, and the game he turned in his completed Whitewood for when he left for Jersey Jack Pinball. However, Gomez saw that design, tossed it in the trash, and is starting over. But, much like pretty much most Steve Ritchies I think of, Three flipper layout. I do not know for sure. Well, I don't know any of this for sure because it's rumor corner, but this may very well be the final cornerstone of 2022. That seems fast. Yeah. 
It does, but we have to bear in mind when I hear the rumor versus when Gomez actually was working on the game. True. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it still seems fast. It, I mean, in a way, yeah, it does. But George hasn't had a game out, so like especially if he already had a design in mind, maybe. Right, but when, when did Richie leave? A year ago. So ish, right? Because a, a year to go from clean sheet to completed. Um. I don't know what the real timings are. It seems like it runs longer between that per well, designer. But. The, it, it does vary a little bit. I wanted, I can't remember. I think there was an interview with Gomez a few months ago and the, maybe it was an interview with Elwin. I'm blanking, but, and they were asked about like, how much time does Stern? It used to, I used to hear the development time for Stern pinball from conception to release was a year. Okay. That's how long they had. Or maybe that was the Williams time. And I heard someone else say that their time with Stern, they usually got something like uh, 14 to 16 months, something like okay. that. So, so yeah, in a way it seems fast, but sometimes my, as my guess, I know I've heard from Al Elwin's interviews, like he's got, he's like three white woods deep on stuff. The, the release schedule does not reflect the speed at which he can put out a white wood. Right. There's software and animation and stuff. That tends to slow things up, not coming up with a white wood. I, right. And again, you, know, we were, you talked about you know, pinball people buying, just buying stuff all the time and not really you know, thinking long-term about stuff. I think pinball people have this weird, um, to me it's weird, almost they put designers on a pedestal in a way that I think is unreal. Like, I think they think that John Borg and Steve Ritchie go in and 40 hours a week, they're staring at these play fields and moving posts by a millimeter. And like, like it's like that, like it's pointillism so they and they're painting each little dot, each little dot hour upon hour, each little dot to create perfection. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not a designer, but I don't think it works the way you think it's working here. Well, I think it's like that in most things. I mean, basically, they treat designers like 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 the big name influencers, like and and, and stuff like that, where they're very much considered greater than anybody else, and 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 it's they're they're kind of a high standard, and their lives are always so exactly like people imagine. Well, and I I do give a lot of credit the matter to me. The magic of the play field, by and large, I do credit to the designer. Now, the mechs go to the engineers. But my, my issue is just the this, I think, I think they think there's a level of craftsmanship to it, artisanal to a degree that's goofy. Yeah. Like like their hand forging every, like, <laughs> you, you understand, you, you know what, what I'm getting Tink. at. Right, right, yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> Like every little thing is there's a reason why when we see designers by and large uh, and have a, when they've been at it a long time, we start to go like you grab a Borg and go, oh, that looks kind of like this plus this plus this It's like, well, because he knows those shots work. So he's gone back and he's he's moved some stuff around. But I don't think they in if it was the way some people fantasize it, there wouldn't be like three or five white woods. It'd be like 30,000 white yeah. woods as you like walk into every, a room and it's like these are the white woods. For Hello Kitty, like, and there's like thirty Whitewoods I mean, around. And I know there have been times where we, you know, like Steve Ritchie in an interview said, "Oh yeah, no, we are having some trouble with the shot, so I moved this post by by half an inch." It's like the the small degrees of modification does make a difference, but the thought that like every little thing is constant, like they kind of know some stuff that works and 
maybe you st- the, stick the demigorgon in the middle and it doesn't matter much. And- that ramp was too easy. So I did 13 different brand <laughs> yes. new Whitewoods yes. testing it with a different slope. And I decided that it needed to be 0.45 degrees steeper. Yes. Yes. That's the thing. That's the part. I'm just like, and that's where, that's where people start to think, oh yeah, you need a year. You need a year. And I'm like, let's remember that. Well, it was not the ideal model. Premiere with their, I believe reports of the average production time was three months a game. That was because they did parallel development. The layouts for a lot of Premiere games, I think are good. Mm-hmm. It's a software that suffered for that speed yeah. because, and even then, that would have been okay if they had been allowed to patch, but they weren't. Right. And Unless it was like on a melt transistors, Gottlieb Premiere was not allowed to patch. And so you end up with unbalanced rules because that was the philosophy. And let's remember, 90s Valley Williams games are unbalanced too. They just weren't unbalanced the same way. And they were allowed to release patches. So, I mean, anyway. Are you not rumor-tained? I are rumor-tained. Well, why don't you video game tain us? We don't have a song for that. So we don't have a video game song. That's okay. Uh, I will sing to you. No, you I have multiple on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. People write in sometimes and going, I say, because they know I don't like when Zach sings on the pinball show because he's bad at it and. I'm bad at it too, so I don't. So I don't blame I. him. I don't blame him for that. But he like wants to incorporate the song and like time it, and I was no. like, no, 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 no. I nah. sing as a joke, nah. because I know nah. I'm terrible. And 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 occasionally I sing the things just that make Dennis have to edit them out because they're terrible. Sometimes, but not today. <laughs> but not today. <laughs> okay, video games. Uh, there it is. Found it in my notes. Notes are important. Remember, people, write your notes. Keep your notes. Okay. So, uh, Derek K. Uh, wrote in asking us to share our thoughts on if we think Xbox's Game Pass could hurt the video game industry. There's a link in the show notes to an article by former Xbox vice president worried that the Game Pass eats in the future of game sales by having people stop buying games entirely and just rely on the service. Mm. And for the short answer, yeah, I think it's a, I, I think it's definitely a concern. For the long answer, I don't know if it'll actually hurt that bad as things shift because of how many independent games are out there now and how many independent studios are out there now and how much of the actual gaming is done in smaller amounts on smaller projects. I mean, yeah, you always hear about the big AAA projects, but the truth of the matter is most of the people that I talk to when we talk about games we're playing, most of us aren't playing the big AAA things. Now, that could just be the people I talk to and the people I interact with. Because uh, I do know I have people that I work with who are like, I'm playing Call of Duty until the new Call of Duty comes out. Or I'm playing whatever the big AAA thing is. The, those people do exist, and there's a lot of them out there. But I think that it's a thing that isn't going away. It's well-liked. I think it's a really good deal, and that's why it's not going away. And it might end up like video game streaming where the prices start cr- climbing, start criming. It's a crime. Uh, but 
No, I, I think that there's a risk, but most of these companies are big enough and most of them are at the point of merging. Uh, I didn't even, I didn't include it in my notes, but there's stuff coming out, uh, second and third hand that EA is actively looking to merge or mm, join yeah, another group, but it's not from none of the stuff I saw was EA saying, yeah, we're doing this. It's from other people saying, yeah, EA is doing this. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm not worried about this though. Maybe there will be a, uh, an impact. Uh, the, I did read the article, the Xbox vice president did note like consumers, and himself as a consumer love game pass. It's great. Right. It's great. And I, I've, I had so much stuff to play that I've never done game pass because I don't need more choices. Like again, like with Celeste, I've got plenty of stuff that was like Xbox game with gold. I've never tried that I've downloaded. Um, now game pass does do indie games. Mm-hmm. So my thinking would be, all right, well, is it, is it a bad deal for, the game developer to get on game pass. Cause I've not heard any of them complain. Like we don't get paid well enough if we do game pass. No, I've not heard that either. They're bringing them in somehow and it ain't all just first party stuff. So, um, conceptually, yes, this could have an impact. And I know the vice president guy was, did a lot of comparisons to music streaming, but music stream music went through a whole lot of weird stuff. And, and I don't, I didn't even like music streaming as a good example because even before then, back in the CD era, for example, artists didn't get a lot of money right. out of the album sales. That's why live concerts were so important. But I, anyway, I'm digressing. Um, the, in a way, like some of the challenges that this maybe makes on the surface, I think already existed. And by that, what I mean is, I think his argument was sort of people are going to subscribe, so they're not going to buy stuff because there's going to be like, oh, I'm just going to play the stuff on the subscription. Okay, possible. But how many of that audience was like buying a whole bunch of, if his concerns like small indie projects, how many of those, that type of person were buying those anyway? Like, let's say you spend six, let's say your your limit is, what's Game Pass's subscription? I don't know. Let's say it's, it's like $14 a month. All right, let's say, 15, let's say you spend $15, you're willing to spend $15 a month equivalent on, on games. Like, so was this person like going out onto steam and buying like three, $5 games a month, or were they going and buying once a quarter, a $60 game or whatever? that's not even right because I need four months to make that work. Um, so it's my point is I'm not really small games already have big breakthrough challenges because they're so small. And anyone bigger, I think, would just try and get in on the pass and get paid via the pass. So unless the income you derive from the pass is so much more, I guess I should say so much less than what you would have made outside of the pass, it would be a good deal. So what scenario is that if you had a great game that ends up becoming like this huge hit, like among us ended up have having happen like that. Okay. But other, most games don't have that. Most games you're worried about making enough money to pay your staff and move on to the next game. And I think a stable subscription service sound to me, Sounds like it solves more than it hurts. Yeah. And being on the pass doesn't preclude you from being purchased. I played Outer Limits on the pass, and I recently bought it because I dropped the pass, but I mm. want to play Outer Limits again. Uh, 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 
it's one of those things because my problem with the Game Pass, it, it, it isn't a problem. I, I, I liked it, but I realized I wasn't utilizing it enough to keep a monthly payment. It's my same problem. Right, right. That, yeah. that, so, so I dropped it. That's why I've not done it. So, so, so I dropped it. I have trying to maintain all the necessary monthly stuffs for a house full of kids uh, eats enough that a game pass that would was only being used a little couple times a month wasn't worth continuing for me, uh, especially because I'm one of those people that picks up a single game and locks in on that game for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess my, my nutshell thought is, yeah, it could hurt the video game industry. I think it's way too early to jump to that conclusion. I think the analogy to the music industry is a dangerous analogy to make because gaming and music are very different realms. Well, yeah. And the music industry is in a really good place overall. Yeah. And some people, I think in the, in response to him, cause he brought up Spotify had mentioned like, it's, you know, it's really good right now for like producers and stuff. Yeah. It's not like it was when, I mean, I honestly listen to more, streamed music than I ever listened to music before hmm. or bought music. I, Cause I know ne- I, ne- I rarely ever bought music and all I, I basically listened to the radio and that was it. And now that music now with streaming, I listen to a lot more stuff than I used to. Mm-hmm. And I pay for a streaming service. So it, it it's one of those things that yeah. I think game pass just, I think a lot of people, I don't think it's going well, it's grown so much. I don't, unless and I could be wrong, but I don't think it becomes like the only thing. I think there are a lot of gamers out there that slow play, p- focus on single games a lot more that are going to want to continue to buy. And bear in mind, we did, tr- we had our tricks too. Like I very rarely buy games on release. I buy them on sale. I mm-hmm. have my methods to save money. And some people, you know, right. When a fallout game comes out, I don't save money. And when some other game like shadows of Mordor does, I do. Yeah. I- and, and that's, and I think Game Pass just gets certain people that maybe they would only buy the Call of Duty, but now they get four months of Game Pass and they buy that to get Call of Duty and they maybe play some other stuff. And those people make money because they're on Game Pass too. So right. That's and I also think it's a big help for those people who don't have the kind of game access, like younger, non-working Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, that's who I think stuff. it most would mo- was originally probably targeting were people that had very limited. But it's easy to forget that for a lot of people, especially given so much of our audience is into pinball and a number of them buy pinball machines, it's easy for these people to forget. Like for some people, for some families, getting a console is a huge deal. It's a huge investment, and there are some people that only get two or three games a year, maybe. Yeah, and. That's just how it is. So things like this give them more variety and they can learn and appreciate more games. And those people are making money off of Game Pass and they'd never have secured those sales otherwise. Right. That's the part that I think the, the vice president didn't factor in. Yeah. Because when I did have Game Pass, there were several games that I would have never spent mm-hmm. a dime on that I tried. Yeah. And so, I would have been incorrect well, in not having thing spent with a, a dime like on the games, several of them. I end up downloading and securing these games with gold games. I'd never have bought Celeste. I'm playing it because it was free to me. Right. Through a, because I pay for a subscription to something that let me have it. Right. So. And I had the same thing when I had the PlayStation on well, my old PlayStation when I had their thing where you got a free couple games every mm-hmm. month. There was a bunch of games that I yep. got that I would have never. And some games I hated and some turned out to be really cool. Yeah. yeah. 
So anyway, interesting. Thank you, Derek, for writing that in. Moving on. Uh, I threw this one in. This is my fault. So uh, I read about this on Reddit yesterday, and I I have a link in the show notes to to an article about it. But it seems uh, Stadia and the Ghost Recon Breakpoint series have had an issue where the saves disappeared for Ghost Recon, for Stadia players. Uh, Last I saw, it's not clear whether the error was on Stadia's end or if it was an Ubisoft issue. And from what I had read, Google is looking into it. They've acknowledged, yes, there is a problem. The saves are gone. This is a game where people put in tons of hours, the way the, the Ghost Recon game is. Um, but it, as of the writing of the article, I didn't see an updated one when I, when I threw it in the notes. But it had been several days, and there is no fix to it yes, yet. Yes, I, I checked, and the latest update I saw anywhere is that it's still being researched. And that mm-hmm. was from, like, yesterday. And, there's still no fix. And from the top comment I saw on Reddit, all 12 people who were impacted are very upset. Yes, they are. They are terribly upset. Uh, <laughs> but the fact that is this only affects the Stadia version yes, of the Yes, it is game, only the Stadia. That's confirmed. Not no one else means that there's got to be something between where uh, uh, Ubisoft and... Uh, Google's stuff talks together. And that's where I think what people are are wondering is, you know, did Stadia change something in the communication side, Google on, you know, for Stadia, or did Ubisoft make a change to the game? Like maybe how the saves work or how they communicate with the cloud. And it didn't work right with the Stadia ones, but it worked okay with everyone else. And they didn't initially catch it because no one plays on Stadia. Yeah. This, this, let's be honest. This is Stadia. This change that caused this could have happened six or eight months ago, and it just got noticed. It's entirely possible. It's Stadia. Poor Stadia. <sighs> it did its best. I think that the kind of the whole concept of the streaming. I don't like the concept personally of that of that kind of thing, but I do think it's going to be something we see more of in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, just like well. Case in point, the Steam Decks are doing very well in sales. Yeah, the thing, I never had a problem with the streaming with with Stadia. My issue was, don't you you like? Don't you have a monthly subscription? Yes. and you buy the games. Yes. Uh, no. Yeah, no. And that's where Steam Deck's different. You buy the games. It, it doesn't have a monthly subscription, does it? You just buy Not the that deck. I know of. Yeah, you buy the deck, and then you can stream your Steam library. Which let's. Be honest, people who if you are a if you're into Steam, even I have tons of Steam games, yeah. and I don't play PC much, so it's and I have anyway. so that was where that games. was where I I felt Google blundered with with Stadia, and I think the sales prove it. Yeah, like, no, that, it's, it did not. I don't take think off. it. I don't think it was the streaming that that hobbled it. I think it was the way they approached the purchasing with the streaming. It's just like. There was just there are a lot of barrier like you have to jump over a lot of hurdles. You got to be a pretty solid Google fanboy to go all in on yeah. that. Um, and I know people who did. So yeah, no, it, I do. I mean, I'm 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 a huge Google fanboy. I freely admit it, but uh, not enough to have gotten into Stadia. On the other hand, I, I could see myself getting a Steam Deck. There's several games that I play that I think would be fine for that kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, there are, I think anything that you're comfortable playing on controller. Yeah. 
Uh, and there's plenty of PC games. I think sometimes people think in shooters, yeah, you know, it's keyboard mouse, but there are lots of PC games mm-hmm. where people want to plug in controllers. I, that's most of the ones I play. Yeah. Speaking of play, my precious. My precious. Yeah, no, Lord of Rings Golem uh, is scheduled for uh, September 1st. Yay! Uh, release. Is, they, it sh- is it sneaky? It, it, it is very sneaky. I'm interested in the fact that besides just, well, I'm terrible at sneaky stealth games. You just have to watch me play Hitman to understand. Gives me my AK-47s, precious. <laughs> That's how I play Hitman. You do have all the fan art. I already want to go in and make a golem with like the Rambo Hitman and give him an M16 or something. Oh, oh no. We need to give him the uh, the siphon filter night vision uh, oh, uh, oh, Splinter uh, Cell. Uh, yeah, the Splinter, Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Cell. I want uh, Michael Ironsides <laughs> to do his best goal on the question. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, but no, what, what's interesting to me is that in addition to just being the sneaky sneak and the fact that it has multiple branching paths of how you go through things, mm. but it takes place during the actual, uh, 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 you know, like Fellowship of the Ring and, and all of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, all of the endings end in the same point, point. The epilogues are all identical no matter what path you go because it comes back to match what the written parts of the story. Right, right. So you can branch out and do stuff, but, it, but, but the game is designed where you're like the protagonist and the antagonist at the same time because of the Golem-Schmeagol split. Um, and there are like entire points where you are doing decision trees where Golem and Schmeagol are talking about it and you are making decisions that go one way or another uh, supporting one personality or another, and I, it might be total trash, or it could be really cool. It's just going to depend on how well the mechanic works. So I thought it sounded pretty interesting. It does sound interesting. The uh, uh, on to a, a quick update on everybody's favorite Activision Blizzard. Uh, the QA testers at Raven Software did win their vote to unionize. Heard about that, yeah. Uh, uh, Heard Microsoft's going to recognize that, too. Yes. Which I, I saw someone say, "Was how could they not? And someone said they could fire them all. Yeah. <laughs> the There's only 28 uh, employees affected because it's just the QA testers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the From the vote, it was 19 voted to unionize, three voted against, and I guess the rest just didn't vote. That because that's yeah, yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah. They, they, they were just like, what ifs? Um, Activision Blizzard did release a comment that says, We believe that the that an important decision that will impact the entire Raven software studio of roughly 350 people should not be made by 19 of Raven employees. And we're committed to doing what's best for the studio and our employees. They're gonna find a way to fire those people. I, I guess, I don't know why they. Mentioned the 350 because it only applied to the QA testers. Right. But they're going to, I'm assuming the way they're saying it is they assume anything that's done there will have a trickle down effect on everybody else. Mm. Okay. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I mean, Activision Blizzard has been union busting hard since it was first talked about last year. Um, It will be interesting because any their their annual shareholder meeting is on June twenty first this year, mm. and uh, there are some groups that have put out uh, letters urging uh, for the board to be ousted at the shareholder meeting because of how they've uh, handled the last year of upset and the way they've acted. 
Is there enough outside shares, outside of board control to achieve that? I mean, it's a pretty big company. It's, so I, it sounds from what I've read, I've not, nobody, nothing I've read has said yes, but it sounds like it's possible. Unlikely, but possible. Right. So uh, we'll just have to see how that goes uh, next month. We'll see how that turns out. That's not quite a full month away at this point. Um, Jedi Fallen Order uh, from EA. It is getting a sequel. We talked about it before that they're getting a sequel, and it is now officially out that it is called Jedi Survivor, and there's a teaser trailer released. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the teaser yet, but I heard about yeah. it. Yeah. The teaser, it's cool. I, I, haven't, enjoy- I haven't played the first one. I heard it was very good. It's very good. I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough that I now own it on two devices because I owned it on my PlayStation and now be, I picked it up very cheap on a sale on steam. Okay. Uh, so I will probably go through and play it on steam to finish. Right. So we'll see. Uh, now there's a ton of video game to movie and TV news. Like I was surprised how much of it has come out. Yeah, people quickly. are ready to try they're, it again. They're ready to try video it again. Are, are they ready? Are they ready to become shows and movies? Well, judging from Halo, no, but true. But but uh, there is a Horizon Zero Dawn project for a series at Netflix, which mm-hmm. means it'll get a couple seasons and canceled, no matter how I, good it does. I hear that's the Netflix way now. Uh, no, yeah. they have to invest all that money in tall grass. Yeah, so. basically, I mean. Stranger Things and one or two other things make it past has made it past three seasons. They have to be really huge to make it past three seasons at Netflix. Um, God of War has a show in development at Amazon. Okay, that could be interesting. I wonder if they'll so people can identify with him. He'll have to constantly wash off his makeup. That's a Halo helmet off it reference for people. Who seen. <laughs> oh my god! And then, and, and then it'll be like, I must kill the gods because I'm so angry about my family. Now I'm going to go bone random people. <laughs> uh, Gran Turismo's getting a movie. <laughs> they already have. It's called Fast and Furious. Right. I mean, well, maybe that's more like a Need for Speed or. or, or Type thing. I I don't know. Does Gran Turismo have a story? No, I didn't think. I thought, I don't know. It's been so long since I've, I haven't played one since like the PS2 era. Yeah. The last time I played Gran Turismo, there was no story. You just raced cars. It It was was realistic racing. That was it. That was the big thing. I don't know. Uh, The Last of Us series uh, is shooting on HBO. It's due out next year. I mean, they're into shooting. So it's definitely a done deal at this point. Um, Are people ready for zombie type stuff again? Yeah, that was all the rage. I think Last you know, of Us a decade is big ago, enough. but I, I think I think Last of Us. A lot was of people thought enough. the first game was game of the console for yeah. Sony. So it, it's it's happening. We'll see. Uh, there is a very early development Ghost of Tsushima movie being okay. done. Uh, that could be interesting. That could be good. Uh, yeah, I got no problems with that. Um, and. NBC for their online Peacock Ta-ta! channel. That's every time I see Peacock, I give it that cry. I'm very obnoxious, so. <laughs> Is making a Twisted Metal series? 
Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that's like right up there with that movie Battleship. Yeah. In choices. That, that is that's like, weird. It is not. That's weird. Of, every, of all of the stories and the universes and everything, let's make a thing about a clown in an ice cream truck wrecking people in races? I guess. I mean, I have been seeing lots of posts about how there is a Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey coming I out. I saw a post so, about that. Serial yeah. killer Winnie the Pooh or something. Um, and uh, hey, okay, I guess in that world, in our world, in this alternate timeline we are in, I guess it's all possible. I, maybe. it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Of all the things, but whatever. I mean, I actually would be more interested in a gritty reboot of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Then twisted metal. Just, now he, he needs to have the other machine gun next to Gollum. And when he's done, he'll just go, oh, bother. <laughs> I just, I was I, I, all this stuff, I just, I just had this mental image of Tigger laying there like bullet holes and he's bleeding uh-huh. out. And he looks up and he goes, you know, revenge is what Tiggers do best. <laughs> And then he drops the grenades that he had already pulled the pins on. Oh, his a little hand. for Matilda moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Funny. Uh, and also, there is a Final Fantasy IX animated series due out very soon. And by very soon is from what I've heard the initial rule. He should be this week. Mm, I never so, played nine. Nine. Here, nine. I don't. I don't know why. I maybe. I think it's because of the art style. After all that, after how uh, eight had that very, very like realistic art style and everything, nine kind of went to more of a, a, a chibi fun style. I loved nine. I liked nine more than eight. Uh, eight was. Eight's one of my least favorite. Yeah, I mean, I mean, nine is one of my favorite Final Fantasies. Like, I would say, removing the MMOs from the list, I would say seven, six, nine for me, probably. Okay. As my top That's three. That's pretty high. Uh, I really enjoyed nine quite a lot. Well, as animated, it may that may work. Yeah, it could there work. There was a Final Fantasy cartoon. It didn't get anime. It didn't get very far. Right. Uh, uh, now Soil I, is my power. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, I'm pulling out all the references today. The uh the uh from what I've heard, the series is pro it sounds like it's aimed younger. Okay, that makes sense. Star Trek Prodigy is one of the best Star Treks out. Yeah, and it's aimed young. I've not seen it. Oh, I think I, you'll like it. I I I have I haven't seen it. when it when it dropped there, I it was in the middle of something else. I never got yeah. a chance to watch it. Uh, uh but then I I mean, we'll see. Uh, and I thought we'd close with an update to a fan favorite game. Oh. A game beloved by all with zero technical flaws. Oh, perfection. 10 out of 10, according to IGN. Cyberpunk 2077. Gosh, I've almost forgotten about that game. It felt like that's 84 years ago. I know. It feels like it was so long ago. It, that was December of 20. Yes. So we are... Not even two years out. Uh, CD Projekt Red has uh, put out stuff where they're talking about what they're working on. And currently, the Cyberpunk expansion 
has the majority of their effort. Okay. Uh, like they have more people and stuff put into that currently than all of their other game projects combined. Oh, okay. So, uh, I don't care. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not planning to buy the expansions. Uh, no, I still have my disc down there somewhere, but I won the main game and I, I'm d- I'm done. I didn't even go that far. I quit before that. Mm. Um, I didn't have as many. Yeah, you were PC, so you didn't have as many issues. I didn't have as many issues as you had. I was still playing on the uh, original Xbox One, not the series. Right. So, yeah, I didn't have as many, near as many issues as you had. Yeah, I had a lot. I I got to the point where it was just like, it's like, I don't care about this story at all. It was, uh, I don't know. The world felt surprisingly to me unlived in. Yeah. And that's probably the biggest, like, like it felt more barren than a Fallout game. Yeah, I didn't care about anybody or anything. No. I was just like, I'm like, it just feels. Like, I felt like I was chopping wood, and yeah. I was just like, I, yeah, I, I can, I can see where you I've get that got, vibe. And I'm a guy who plays games with zero story all the time, and I was just like, I just don't care. Well, the mechanics, the <laughs> the mechanics themselves weren't fun enough. Like the right. combat wasn't fun enough to carry up as a. As a shooter, so, yeah. So yeah. without story, what what do you have? Yeah, I just, anyway, I quit. I don't blame you. So I felt bad because that was one of my I spent. Yeah, I bought launch that, prices. Like I got that as a gift, I think actually. But it was at launch, so it was retail. So yeah, I, I spent launch prices on it. And I got <sighs> well, saddened. Oh yeah. well. I think that's all we got today. All right. Well, folks, you can always write into us at collectagamerspodcast.gmail.com or you can go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast to get a hold of us. We're occasionally available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram at eclectic underscore gamers. Yep. And I don't know if we'll have as, as much news as we did this time in two weeks, but we will plan to be back then. Yeah, and we'll be back in two weeks. Even yep. if we don't have anything important to talk we'll, we'll about, talk, we'll make we'll find something. something. We'll, we'll find, find something. something. But until next time, I'm Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.